Hey, this is Glory Every Day, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kayla Turner. Join me each week as I talk with a friend about how God is at work in our lives for His glory. I love to tell stories, laugh, and accidentally cry often. My hope is that hearing these conversations will encourage you with fresh eyes to see how God is at work in your own life for His glory. Because whether you are cleaning a bathroom, working at your computer, or having coffee with a friend, God can be glorified in all of it. Hey guys, so I am sitting here today with, I'm going to say friend. Can I, I'll call you a friend already. Is that all right? Absolutely. Okay, so this is my new friend, Chris, and she and I are just now officially meeting today, but on recommendation from uh, my cousin who suggested that we would talk. And I think that she also said that you would be a great guest. And have you, you haven't been on a podcast before, right? Never. So we'll see how this goes. No, I think you're going to be great. We've been chatting for a little bit before we started recording and she has already been delightful and I think we will be able to talk just fine. But I'm excited to talk with her today. She has a unique story and she has had um, some experiences in life that I think are that are big moments that are hard. And I, if I'm being totally honest, are moments that probably a lot of us have dreaded and and don't desire to walk in. But from everything that I have seen and heard, like she's walked through those things really faithfully. And so I'm excited to introduce her um, to you. So this is Chris. Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. um, My name is Chris Brooks and I live in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Uh, We moved here. We got transferred here almost 13 years ago. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I am married to a wonderful man. His name is Cliff. Uh, We've been married for 20 years, a little over 20 years. Um, He is a wonderful, wonderful man. He is witty and smart and kind, loves us really well, leads us really well. Um, And we have been blessed with... um, some beautiful daughters. Um, Lizzie um, is just finishing up. Elizabeth, Liz, Lizzie, she goes by all those names. She is finishing her sophomore year in high school. And then I have Chloe, who is finishing up her freshman year in high school. And they are both lovely girls, and I love them dearly. And I have another one that will be sharing part of her story today, Phoebe. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was my youngest. Yes. Um, so you say, so you said was your youngest. Yes. We're going to talk about Phoebe and, and the loss and how the Lord, um, just really sustained you in that and how you walked in it. I'm curious, I'm kind of jumping right into this when you introduce yourself. I mean, just when you get to know people, I feel like that's a really common question. You know, tell me about your family or how many kids do you have? How do you normally answer that? What are, what's your verbiage? Um, it's actually a really hard question that I didn't know how to answer for a really long yeah. time after the loss of my youngest mm-hmm. baby. We don't always realize, even when we ask people questions, what that what can bring out in that. Sure. So years ago, um, especially after her loss, which we will share about that, I didn't know how to answer in And a lot of times I would say, I have Lizzie and Chloe, and then I would share and make people uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) I had a younger one that passed away. And Mm -hmm. now just a few years out from it, almost, uh, actually almost six and a half coming up on seven years out, I don't 
always say, I don't always talk about my youngest, depending upon the situation. Sure. I think there's grace in it, but yeah. it can be a, it can be a hard question actually. Yeah. Um, my kids say the same thing. They, they oftentimes don't know how to answer when it's just an innocent question and someone that hasn't known our history, like teachers and ask and right. they get really frozen. Um, so yeah, it's still a hard, it's still actually a hard thing. Yeah. Do you find yourself because you said um, what it what it brings out? People often don't think about what it brings out when you just ask a normal question. Do you find yourself not asking people that question yourself, or does that? It's still funny seem that normal? you said that because I think one of the way I've morphed that uh-huh. is I will often ask people, "Tell me about your family." Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it depends on, you never know what people have walked through and it's so, there's so much grace in all of it, of course, but like, sure. you never know if there's been brokenness of loss or mm-hmm. divorce or singleness or yeah. whatever someone's story is. And, and so that's interesting because that is a question through that, that I probably more say, tell me about your family yeah. and then they can tell me or withhold or whatever. Right. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that is great. That makes a lot of sense. And I think is a, is a great way to offer grace and and space, like you said, and, and holding, holding in tension, like your experience and knowing what is the best way for you to be asked even. Yeah. Yeah. There is a tension sometimes in it. Yeah. Um, why don't you, I mean, what you can kind of go ahead and jump into that then. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, so I'll probably let me back up mm-hmm. um, to uh, I think to the beginning. I, I was thinking about today. Um, so we had our girls really quickly. The only one that was planned was my Elizabeth, um, and then the Lord surprised us mm-hmm. um, with Chloe and with Phoebe. Uh, we found out that so I had three kids in three years, and that oh, we wow. planned yeah. on having, um, of course kids and and we were always open to whatever the number was we weren't expecting them so quickly and probably giving too much information but (laughs) basically um the mini pill of birth control did not work on me which we found out (laughs) through chloe and so um (laughs) yeah so they came real quick and we were excited and and actually there was a uniqueness with phoebe I was telling my husband this just like a week ago, we were reminiscing about her. We actually talk about her a lot and yeah. laugh and share stories. And, and it's beautiful to see over the course of time uh, that the Lord in grace and that, that we can share and talk and yeah. she's a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot of beauty in that. Um, but anyway, back to the beginning, we had talked about when I surprised found out I was pregnant with her and absolutely shocked um, because I went from, breastfeeding no period to finding out I was pregnant and so Mm. it was a smooth transition from my middle to her Mm -hmm. which was a shock and and one of the things that had happened this time around uh with Phoebe when I was pregnant with her uh with this I know this is a lot of information but I had started spotting and and I hadn't had that in my other pregnancies and I thought I was actually really scared and I thought Mm -hmm. I'm gonna lose this baby Mm -hmm. and um and I remember um being upstairs in the bathroom of our farmhouse when we lived in um, Cincinnati and and I remember praying and I said Lord in your mercy give this child Mm. um and I and as we fast forward knowing that 
the journey with her from when she was born. We had a lot of bumps and I'll share a little bit of that. Um, that I'm so glad he gave her mm. even, um, with the pain that comes with it. I'd yeah. rather hold the pain yeah. and have the pain than, than to have never had her. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's, uh, I'm so glad the Lord blessed me with her life. Mm-hmm. He has used her in my life tremendously from the moment she was born. So we gave her, she came early. She was a preemie. And because we didn't know when we got pregnant with her, we had no idea how early she came. And we still don't know. Um, they think she came like six or seven weeks early, and she's a little over four pounds when she was born. Wow. And uh, mama gained mama gained sixty pounds. And I still remember they put her out, and they she came out, and they put her on the scale, and they're like, "Oh, she weighs like four and a half pounds." And I said, uh, "Weigh her again. There is no way that's what she weighs." <laughs> so, <laughs> which is pretty funny. So she was born, and uh, we took her home. And she was a little fighter from the beginning. Um, even though she was like four and a half pounds, we were able to take her home. And shortly after that, uh, some of the bumps along the way is uh, early on within the first month of her being born, they found a cataract in her eye. And um, that was the first part of surrendering her to the Lord. Mm. We were told early on they didn't know what, what it looked like or, or what kind of cataract it was. So... We were told from the beginning she could be blind. Um, okay. A lot of times cataracts can mirror depending upon the time that was. And so we had two years of um, very regular doctor's appointments mm-hmm. around her. And she was in a helmet as a little girl. Mm-hmm. And she just had constant like little medical things all the time that, that the Lord was um, in a way continuing teaching us to trust him with her all the time like from the moment she was born even I think upon knowing that we had conceived her of there was this surrender yeah um and so she was in a little helmet right away when she's a little girl and then we had a cataract and and even down to technology that was so sweet she got cleared that she was fine she had like a weak eye and had to be patched and went into glasses at age two yeah and Um, and then when she was around, I think she was four, we had a first little episode with, um, she had fainted Mm -hmm. and we didn't really know what happened. She was very little for her age. Um, we are not a little people, my Mm -hmm. husband and I, and, um, and she was really tiny and she had fainted and, and we were in Cincinnati at the time and had gone to children's and she got cleared and we came home and. She was okay, and then I think like a year and a half later when she was in kindergarten, um, she had uh, fainted again and had a pretty substantial seizure mm-hmm. um, and um, and really scared the school a lot. Uh, they actually confided the principal and different teachers that they thought she was dying, mm. and we got to the hospital, and she was fine, and um, and before they would let her go back to school, we had to do a lot of testing. And mm-hmm. so they ran test, they tested her brain and stuff. We never looked at her heart and, uh, she got cleared. They weren't sure if she was maybe, maybe she had epilepsy, but she got cleared from that. And then, um, that was her kindergarten year. And then her first grade year in, um, October, uh, we were, um, as a family, uh, we were at a company um, gathering at this, um, place called Beggs Farm that's around kind of Cape Girardeau area. And it's, um, 
it's kind of like it was a it was in the fall so it's like a harvesty kind yeah, of place yeah we went there um and we were having it was such a fun day mm. the leaves were falling the air was crisp but still not too cold yet the sun was shining we had a wonderful wonderful day having a super fun time and at the end of the day my girls there's this slide there um this like farm slide made of like corrugated tin and like a I mean like a corrugated kind of big tube and uh-huh. a staircase up and and before we were getting ready to head home at the end of this um kind of corporate party where my husband works um the girls wanted to go one more time down this slide and so we we had headed over and my, my husband was like yeah go ahead go and then we'll take off after mm-hmm. we're like okay and so I said, I'll take the girls over. We'll go real quick. We'll go down the slide a few times and then we'll come back. So we started our way over and it's maybe, I don't know, maybe like the length of a football field or two football fields away from kind of where we were at prior having this like campfire. And my two older girls ran ahead and worked their way up this platform. And my Phoebe was holding my hand and she let go to run ahead. And all of a sudden, Uh, She turned around, kind of grabbed her chest and made kind of a sound and fell to the ground. And um, I didn't know what was happening. The sisters made their way down the slide and kind of ran to us. And she was real sweaty and kind of not acting normal at all. And I'm not medical, so I didn't know Mm -hmm. what was going on. I actually thought from the prior year, because she had had a seizure, that maybe it was a a seizure, but I wasn't present to know. Mm -hmm. And so I, I asked my girls, I said, stay together, go get your daddy quickly, come get him. And he came real quick and we took off and we headed home. We're about uh, maybe 25 minutes from where that get, from where that place was to getting home. And on our way home, we're like, should we go to the hospital? Should we not? What's going on? And we didn't really know. And it was dark. And, um, and so we got home and we called our pediatrician and, um, and we said, something's going on. I don't know. She's not acting right. We're not sure if it's a seizure. And he said, you know, it's probably a seizure and just let her rest. But if anything happens, of course, I'll and, and um, in case anything happens, well, very shortly after, probably within a few minutes, we could tell she wasn't, she wasn't right. Her speech, her, um, her coloring, uh, her skin, uh, her lips, we'd noticed her lips and her like gums or whatever. And, we called 911 and they came immediately. And as soon as they arrived was as quickly as they took her. And at that moment when they were arriving, my husband was saying like, she's not breathing. Uh, but I, I, in my heart, I was, I'm not medical, but you know, the, the paramedics came, I thought everything will be fine. Yeah. And so they, they got her. Um, they, they took her to the hospital. The hospital's about a mile from our house and, uh, my husband Cliff left immediately, and I was gathering my other girls because they were um, they were getting ready to hop in the shower, both mm-hmm. of them. And and my husband had already taken off behind the ambulance, and one of the uh, medical team people were still on my front steps. and And she said to me, "Hey, sweetie, I need for you to move quickly." Um, she said, "Your daughter's critical," and and I was shocked at that point. So I gathered the girls, and we went off to the hospital and um, we went into the waiting area of the hospital mm-hmm. and um, we we were very quiet. I don't remember other people in there at the time. We were just sitting in a row of chairs. We had, it was uh, Cliff and I and Liz and Chloe and they had Phoebe in the back and um, 
And I remember at that point uh, not knowing what to do, but but um, feeling to pray. Mm-hmm. And I think at that time when your mind is so jumbled and your heart is racing and you're not sure what's going on, um, I'm glad the Lord um, reminded me to talk to him. And mm-hmm. I, I got down on my knees and I placed my head in the chair and and I just said, Lord, I trust you. Yeah. And, and, and I heard back in my heart, I trust, uh, um, I heard him say, trust me. And we kind of went back and forth with that a few times where he would say, trust me. And I would respond, I trust you. Mm-hmm. And within a few minutes, um, medical personnel came and asked my husband and I to, to come with them. And, and we had to leave, uh, Lizzie and Chloe, they were eight and nine, uh, in the waiting room by themselves. Um, and thankfully some people came um, and sat with them while we were called back. And um, I was there the year before when she had had that seizure at school. And I mm-hmm. knew that when you go down that hallway to the right was where they would bring the people in from the ambulance in these side rooms. And they weren't taking us in that direction. They were taking us down the hallway to this little room to the left. And we walked in and there were some small, like just a few chairs and I wasn't sure what was going on and and medical personnel came in and um, they said, we're sorry. Um, we've done everything that mm-hmm. we can, we could do. Um, your daughter has passed away. Um, and so, um, you know, at that moment and still mm-hmm. almost seven years later, it's yeah. really weighty and yeah. hard. Um, so, uh, you know, the the weight of pain I I've never uh, tasted before um, until that time. I mean, I've had pain in my life, but nothing to the point of that grief. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, uh, they took my husband and I um, into the room to see my daughter. And I remember walking down the hallway um, and opening that door on the hospital door and uh, seeing her little body uh, lay. Um, on the bed and then we had to go get um, our Lizzie our Lizzie and Chloe in the waiting room and take them to their sister and try to explain yeah. uh, that that she had gone um, and so we as a family um, we we weren't there very long actually um, but we prayed over her. We prayed together. Mm-hmm. We thanked the Lord for her life. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, it was interesting when we were in that room. It, she was she was gone. Right. It was it was strictly her body. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember even touching her skin and it didn't feel like her. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that, that felt like her was her hair. Yeah. And it's like, I knew she was with the Lord. I knew she was gone. And, mm-hmm. and, and it was hard too. At that point, you know, we had to leave um, and we had to leave without her, yeah. um, which is shocking as a mom, as a father, mm-hmm. siblings, um, to wrap your heart and your mind around this new reality. Yeah. Um, so that is a little bit of her story um, and in um, the shock of loss and yeah. not knowing it was coming. They they had told us why we were there. Um, they had asked if she was a preemie, and I said, yes, she was. And they asked, they said, had she ever had 
was she ever diagnosed with a heart condition? And I said, no. And though we have no confirmation, we really don't know what happened. They believe that it was her heart. The doctor in there at the time said everything points to that she had a bad heart, Mm. which kind of makes sense of the different incidences that we had of the fainting in these episodes. And, And a friend of mine who's a physician said, you know, sometimes when you see that, unfortunately, it's often on the third episode that they put in like a pacemaker or they look more closely. And unfortunately, um, she had passed away on that third episode. Yeah. Hmm. Man. Thanks for sharing that. That is, that is a hard story. Um, but I, um, I mean, I hear your, the faith in your voice throughout all of it and even in the interaction of your prayer in the waiting room you know of lord i trust you and him asking you back and forth it made me think of um peter before jesus crucified and you know do you love me yes lord i love you do you love me and and not that i think i I mean i don't i'm not making any sort of projection if the lord was you know testing you of your trust like he was trying to get peter to understand that he didn't love him to the degree that Peter thought he did but I just that interaction was you know reminded me of that but I think in so many ways you know he clearly was was preparing you to trust him and um I mean the way that your your faith was prepared in that to to know that you did trust him no matter what was on the other side of those doors yep Hmm. absolutely wow yeah so you I have read your testimony. So you had sent that to me from a time that you have shared this before. And so I've mm-hmm. read a lot of the details, but a lot of like you, your faith story, even just pre-kids and then um, post post some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone that has really walked deeply and strongly with the Lord. And I mean, even in those those moments, you know, of him preparing you, do you trust me? Do you trust me? What... Um, how, how do you see the Lord being faithful in the ways that he had prepared you in ways maybe that you didn't know just from growing deep roots in him? Well, as you just said and hit on it is what I've realized along the way and with all of our lives, he's always preparing us for yeah. the next thing. Yeah like always and he's and he's good and, and and in that preparing is also him revealing himself and his character yeah because he knows like you think about when a child you know grows and we're young and and we don't understand things but a parent comes along in grace and mercy and teaches and prepares and matures and then mm-hmm. and then we like you know over time with the lord i know his heart i know his character and you know, there's been times along the journey, starting even early, I gave my life to Christ um, in like my junior high years. And, and somehow in that, it catapulted me forward in a deep desire to know him more. And then in all these different things, like in, in marriage, uh, our marriage was was hard to start off with. Yeah. You know, we had some bumps, which I did not expect. Cliff comes from a Christian home. I come from a Christian home. And, and we had some bumps and, and that was really one of the, as I was growing a real time where the Lord was taking me deeper, growing my roots deeper, um, learning to abide in him more, mm-hmm. uh, teaching me to pray, 
teaching me to go to his word, teaching me to surrender. Um, uh-huh. And he took our marriage from what was in our, in our early years from, in my opinion, <laughs> barely surviving to thriving. And yeah. so I saw the Lord, um, I saw him be so faithful in that. Yeah. And then he moved us to Cape and I saw him be so faithful. I did not want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he took me, I was angry and thought Cliff was like the enemy. So then he prepared me to go and, um, and even down to having kids was another thing of, of him growing me deeper to surrender, to trust him as he, he just along the way, as I chose to trust and surrender, he kept preparing me and showing me his mm. character and growing and changing me. I mean, right. he's changed me a ton by his beautiful grace and mercy, though I still have so far to go. He was reminding me this this morning of some things that I need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he does, he prepares and he does that with, with each of us as we choose to follow him and surrender our lives to him. He's so good and faithful and he is trustworthy with everything. Yeah with our pain and our brokenness in our lives. He is so involved. He's not removed. He's right. available and yes. present. And I, I think it's hard for all of us to grasp that. But as you trust him with your life and your heart, he prepares you. He walks with you. There is such beauty in the journey, mm-hmm. even in pain and all that. Like he, that you know, beauty from ashes. He yeah. really does. He yeah. brings beauty from ashes. And he's so... He's so good. Like he is so worth following. Like mm-hmm. for people that aren't sure, like mm-hmm. give him a try. Yeah. And like, he is so true. Yeah. You know? yeah. So what ways did you see the Lord be really faithful in grief? Oh, goodness. Um, I know two things are going on in my mind. The first is I, I really felt comforted and never left or forsaken. Yeah. Like, honestly, like I felt, um, almost held. Mm. And the other thing, and this is true because God is living and active and he is a personal God that, um, it was really, I think during that time, he was so intimate and close. And so in the midst of such pain, I felt so loved by him but I also heard his voice so much. And I I feel like he spoke to me all the time and that he carried me. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard his, I mean, he would speak over and over like, I love you. I have you, Mm -hmm. I have your girls, I have your marriage. Trust me. I know you doubt my goodness. I love you. I am for you. And like all these things would constantly all the time, um, were those in moments when you were praying or just in moments throughout your day that you would hear that because you had, you know, grown accustomed to listening be to the voice all of the Lord? Of, all, all of the yeah. above. Yeah. Um, and also, too, of, of sharing a little bit of my story, too, is um, that he is that of answering pr- of prayers. Mm-hmm. So um, that first kind of night that... I think it was like the first or second night, you know, we can't sleep. We're really, I mean, it's, it is, I I really have never, I'm not a wordsmith, but I've really never been able to find anything that matches the words um, of the depth of the pain and just what you experience in it. 
but I was talking to the Lord, trying to fall asleep and just pleading with him. You know, I, I don't ever want to remember. I don't want to ever forget. I know this is so silly, but as, as moms, I know, or if anybody's moms that they would understand, like, I don't understand. I don't want to forget what her fingers look like. Yeah. I don't want to forget what her nose looks like. I don't want to forget her teeth, her lips, her hair, her little body, her voice. Um, I don't want to forget anything about her, any detail about her. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, Lord, like, just please don't ever let me forget. Like, don't let me forget. And then I kind of drifted off to sleep. And as I was waking up, he planted this memory in my head of, and he does that to me sometimes Mm -hmm. when I wake up, (laughs) he planted this memory in my head of her grabbing my phone once and asking me to hit record and she loved to sing and she was a real fan of her own music. (laughs) So he was, I was like, wait a second, there was this time she grabbed my phone and I was like, I need to find it. So, so it was like two days, I think it was like two days after, I don't think it was the morning after, I think it was the second day that he brought that memory to mind after, because this is interesting, you know, you pray and he does answer Mm -hmm. like, and it's around that time. And so like he brought to mind this memory and I, and I scroll down on my phone and I hit play on this song and it's her singing. And first mm-hmm. of all, the sound of her voice was so sweet yeah. and still, I love listening to it still on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sang this song that I about fell over. It's the first time I'd ever heard it like two days after she had died. Mm-hmm. And she, um, not only was I floored by her voice, I love that the Lord recalled it to me. I love the gift that he gave me in this song. But she talks about... Um, this is this a song she made up? This is a song she made up. Okay. Um, I have the recording if you want to hear it. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, we will never be without Jesus Christ. Um, his love never fails. And mm. she goes on for like two and a half minutes singing all this stuff his love will never stop we are all dying his love is light Mm. Um, and at the end she sings real loud uh, which cracks me up she has like vibrato in her voice (laughs) (laughs) she says satan never wins Mm. jesus is always winning he's always winning because he is jesus christ wow and I about fell over that morning um, that I heard it. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. I could not believe it. And I think about when God prepares in the sweetness of him, putting that song in her heart and knowing what her heart was, Yeah. that I would then hear it and he'd call it to mind for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, two days after she died. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too that I wanted to share too that was really powerful was um, because we were not prepared because we were, <laughs> do you hear my dog snoring? No. <laughs> he is at my feet snoring. I don't hear it, but that's funny. Okay. So should I just get started again? Yeah, what go ahead. Okay. So, so, uh, another answered prayer was, um, we were so in shock when Phoebe died, we never got to say goodbye. We, we mm-hmm. didn't know it was coming. I right. mean, death, I mean, it truly, it's like the blink of an eye and you're in a, you're in a whole new, like it, it's everything changes mm-hmm. like instantaneously forever. And we didn't get to say goodbye. And I had had a girlfriend who had, um, lost a little baby 
And she had told me, she said, Chris, pray for the Lord to give you a dream. Like he loves you. Like ask him to give you a dream just that maybe you can see her or that he speaks to you, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and I'm one, if you know me well, I'm like, don't anchor on dreams. I don't like people focus on dreams. And I'm like, yes, God gives dreams, but you know, we're not to, it's always, we're to look to him. Like we don't put weight on that or interpret dreams or, you know, like I was one of like, and I'm still one of those, (laughs) but, but I know that he, he gave this, um, because everything around it. So we were praying for a dream and about a month after she died, this is what only God can do. Um, he gave my husband and I a dream on the same night. We Mm -hmm. woke up at the same time and the dreams were interwoven. Wow. And so, um, we woke up and we had been praying for a dream just cause we didn't get to say goodbye. And we just said, Lord, in your mercy, if you would gift us with a dream, um, you know, it's okay if you don't, but we're asking, you said that you love your kids and we can come to you and ask, and we're just asking. And so about a month later, he gave us this dream and as I said, they were interwoven. So I'll do my best to explain it. So we woke up at the same time. And, um, and, and I can't remember who shared first and it doesn't matter, but, but Cliff, Cliff had shared his portion and he said, I was upstairs with our girls playing in their room and we knew Phoebe had passed at this point. It was only Lizzie and Chloe and I'm a believer in sharing rooms. So all three of my girls are in one. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, so they were, he was upstairs playing with them. When all of a sudden in his dream, the girls squealed, Lizzie and Chloe squealed two times. Phoebe's here. Phoebe's here. All of a sudden Phoebe appeared. She ran past all of them out of the bed, out of their bedroom, down the hall. And Cliff said, as soon as she appeared, she left. And he said, she was running past me and I don't know where she was going. And I said, um, I said, she was running to me. I said, Mm -hmm. I was in the room and this is the crazy part. Okay. So we've all had crazy dreams before, but like this was real time, real life Mm -hmm. color. I could feel, I could see, I could touch. It was all Mm -hmm. there. Like how you see like what's in front of you right now. And so the room, the rooms were perfectly the same. Like my room was my room. It wasn't like, Oh, it was my bedroom and other things were in it. Like it was completely my room. And as I, in the, so my dream started with all of a sudden I am in my bedroom putting away laundry, which I do constantly. That's what I do as a mom. I do a lot of laundry still. And so I was, um, I was in the room putting away laundry into my dresser and I hear the girls squeal, Phoebe's here, Phoebe's here. (laughs) And I immediately hear these running footsteps coming in my direction And as I'm hearing it above my dresser, there's a mirror and I looked up and I started talking to the Lord. So in this dream, I'm talking to the Lord and I said, Lord, I look into the mirror and I said, Lord, she's not here. She's dead. And as I looked into the mirror again, simultaneously at this time, little footsteps, it's all happening at once Mm -hmm. are coming in my direction. And then I look into the mirror and this time in the mirror, there was, um, like life in the mirror. There was grass. It was, it was like a reflection into a different realm. Mm -hmm. And then I looked outside my window and there was this big fruit tree bearing fruit. And I said, I looked in the mirror 
like, and I was like, that's weird. Like, why is there life coming here? And then I look outside my window as she's running in and getting closer. I can hear her getting closer and there's this big fruit tree. And then I said, Lord, I don't have a fruit tree in my yard. And so as I turn around, she jumps um, into my arms mm. and wraps her her legs and her arms around me. And she's super, she's super tiny. Even uh, it, she was still in the 30s when she was almost seven. She died oh, two wow. weeks before her birthday. So she was a peanut, like yeah. she was a tiny little peanut. And she jumps into my arms and I could feel her. I could feel her whole body. It was mm. her. I felt her feet and her legs. It was her. And I, and I moved her head away and, um, and it was totally her in, in every way. Like it was completely her. And there was a few things that were different. Um, she had a little bit of a glow to her, her, her eyes were the pupils. That's what it's called. The, the pupils were like pinpricks, mm-hmm. like tiny, 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 mm-hmm. which I thought was really strange as I was looking at her and, um, and she was not wearing glasses, mm. <laughs> and um, which she had worn glasses since she was two. And we sat down, and I immediately started talking like I do, like really fast. <laughs> and I said, Phoebe, how are you? How is heaven? <laughs> I asked, have you met any of the patriarchs? <laughs> I asked that in my dream. <laughs> I know. Isn't that strange? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't in control of my dream. And we sat down and we were holding hands and she giggled and laughed and put her hands to her mouth and, and she spoke Cinderella and then immediately, bam, the dream was over and we woke up and, and, and I shared that with Cliff and, and, you know, we hugged and, and we cried and I said, you know, it was so good to see her. Like, I know she's so good. It was a little painful in the way of, I said, she's so good. She hugged me like she was glad to see me, but she did not miss me. Mm. Um, and, and I said, that wow. was, that was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think in all of that, like that dream was such a gift. And when she said Cinderella, when I woke up, I immediately wanted to discredit it because that's just like in my, I guess, in my nature. Um, and as I prayed and I talked to the Lord about it and all the movements of all these different things, he just gave me a lot of insight into the dream. And the dream was so encouraging and the dream brought so much comfort. Um, and it's, I mean, only God can do that. So being a married couple in our dreams, are interwoven, same night, same time, mm-hmm. wake up smile, um, simultaneously. Like he is a God who cares, mm-hmm. who sees, who yes. answers prayer, yes. who walks with you. Um, like, like he's just good. And, you know, one of the things I'll share about with her eyes, uh, which I think is really cool, is the, the pinpricks. Yeah. Like when I had told Cliff that her eyes were like pinpricks, you know, we were talking about, um, hello, she's in the presence of the Lord and the Lord is glorious. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that his glory is manifested is in light. You see that revelation, you see that. And I said, she's in the presence of the Lord. He's glorious. Mm -hmm. And what do your eyes do in intense light? Uh Your pupils shrink. And, um, you know, and she is, she is with her heavenly father. And I have such confidence that she is good, that he is faithful, that he knows how to care for her even more perfectly. And yeah, I did, yeah. and um, and she's dearly missed, but um, she was such a gift, yeah. and I'm just so glad. Um, I'm so glad he gave her, yeah. even even with all of the pain. 
Mm-hmm. I, I am. I'm so thankful yeah. he has used it to shape our lives immensely. Yeah. Um, so I'm really mm-hmm. thankful. Yeah. We we see life differently. Yeah. So I'm super thankful for that. Yeah. You. I'm. I'm pretty sure when I had read your story, is there anything that you wanted to circle back? Because um, you you had said a second ago that you had yeah. wanted to discredit the Cinderella thing, but wasn't there something later that that came came to mean something? Yeah, there were a few things. So she loves she loves Cinderella, yeah. <laughs> but also Phoebe loved. Um, if you knew her growing up, she loved the idea of being loved, of being rescued, of being seen. Um, hmm. And I think about like the Lord is so like her prince mm-hmm. rescued, loved, <laughs> redeemed, yeah. you know? And, and I think about the sweetness of that. I'm sure she feels like Cinderella, Yeah. Um, you know, and, and even down, um, you know, of, yes, of that, like, you know, rescued, loved, redeemed. Yeah. And that's the picture of the cross. But right. what was funny is, like with the Lord, I wanted to discredit it all. And as I looked at it and I brought it to the Lord, you know, I felt like he was like, I don't want you to discredit this. I gave this to you. Yeah. <laughs> you prayed for it. And then I gave it in really ways that I don't know how you can discredit it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think we're like that at times. We're like, yeah. oh, is that really, you know, could mm-hmm. it be him? And, right. And yet he is living and active and involved yes. in our lives. So, yes. Yes, it yeah. was him. Absolutely. So, you know, you, you've shared some pretty powerful stories about the way that the Lord did answer prayers in grief. And, you know, we believe that the Lord always answers. Sometimes he just doesn't always answer the way that, oh, that we absolutely. want to. Are, were there, are there moments also of like of disappointment where you felt like you had really asked the Lord for something during that time that, that he showed you that it was no because he had something else for you? Um, I, I can tell you, honestly, mm-hmm. um, I didn't feel disappointment or, um, anger. I yeah. don't know why I, I would have thought that I would have, um, I didn't, I do remember, um, and I, and I know this is a little bit, it ties in. I remember the evening she died and also, I guess maybe a little bit of disappointment, but I think it was more, I guess that's the right word. Um, you know, after she had died, I remember when she was laying first on the bed and then I had a conversation with my mom a few, a few days later, like I said, I I know that God is mighty in power and like he could raise her from the dead. Like Mm -hmm. I I know that he could, Mm -hmm. I don't believe that that's what, what was supposed to happen or anything like that. But I know that the God that I serve is mighty in power. Um, and, and later on, I was talking to my mom about, I'd been studying Genesis at the time and, uh, looking at the life of Abraham Hmm. and, (laughs) and, um, I did tell her, I said, um, you know, I, I loved, I felt a lot like Abraham. I felt that I, I was called away and I left family and friends and moved to a place of where I didn't know anybody and faith and, um, and I surrendered and I, I was saying yes to the Lord's leading. He was growing me and, and that alone has been awesome to intimately know the Lord. But I was uh, telling her, I said, you know, I said, uh, God provided the lamb mm. in Isaac's place. 
And um, I said, you know, he provided the lamb. Like he stopped Abraham. And I said, I, I didn't know that my journey of following the Lord would lead to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and she had said, and it's so true. And I know this to be true, even in tears. And she said, Oh, sweetie, the lamb has been provided. <laughs> His name is Jesus. Yeah. She lives. She is not dead. Yeah. You will see her again. Mm-hmm. She's alive. She just has a different address. And, mm-hmm. and she said, this is so true. She said, this is not our home. Yeah. This is not our home. Um, and she's home. And she basically beat us all there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's doing really well. Mm-hmm. You know, but there was, and I guess, I don't know if I viewed it as disappointment other than, um, I think I'm someone that I do trust the Lord with my, my life. And I think I, I probably, I guess I surrender quickly. Maybe I don't have that fight, but as much fight, but like, um, I just trust that the Lord knows better than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's proved that time and time again. Mm -hmm. And, and I also know that he's so good and that she's home. And so there's a lot of uh, peace in there's a lot of peace actually in that there's still pain. I've, I yeah. think I've learned too of all the different things that I've learned. Um, is too, I used to always think like things would are, are separate. Like, you know, you can't have pain and have like peace <laughs> or you yes. can't. And I guess, or love, there's all these things. And, and I guess, you know, I, one of the things the Lord really taught me too was, there's a lot of things that go hand in hand. Like I can have peace with God, but he still understands the pain of my hurt of the loss. Mm -hmm. And I can feel really dearly loved by the Lord and, and, and still have pain or questions or people have ever walked through this, um, you know, that you have pain and questions. And, but once again, it points to the the cross Mm -hmm. again and again, like pain and love went hand in hand and he tasted incredible pain on the, on the cross You know, um, and it was all out of, it was all out of love. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've learned that things can go hand in hand that I thought were separate, yeah. that the Lord can walk with me in it mm-hmm. and through it yeah. and, um, and really guide me and hold my hand. And mm-hmm. it's okay wherever you are. Like there's such grace. The Lord gives yeah. such grace in that. But also there, there is a time to grieve and you need to grieve, but there, there is a time when you lift your head, um, there is a time when you lift your head and you choose to trust and you choose to surrender Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you, you choose to follow the Lord. Like there is a time where grieving, you know, you can still grieve and I'm not dismissing that, but, Mm -hmm. but you don't stay there forever because Satan would love to keep you there forever. Mm -hmm. Um, because it would render you numb and effective mm-hmm. for the kingdom. Like if right. you can stay there and wallow in it all the time, mm-hmm. but in it, God uses it to grow compassion, grace, show himself to you, right. grow your roots deeper. Like he does so much beautiful things in it. If you allow him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that like the, the pain of her being gone won't ever just disappear this side of heaven. Right. So are you labeling that pain different than grieving or do you in in terms of how you were saying they're not separate like we can we can have joy and we can have faith but then there's also these other emotions often intertwined so do you still experience that today that it's still 
there are days that would you call it there are days that you still grieve or just that you feel the pain but also have hope or what would you kind of label that I would say not as often Mm -hmm. is the the pain is not as intense as it was the Lord has really helped with that I think there's times I still grieve yeah the pain though, I mean, I can tell you that the pain where, where I ached in my bones and probably had flu-like symptoms, yeah. flu-like sim- symptoms, sorry, mm-hmm. I'm screwing that up. Um, I mean, for months, yeah. I mean, I, the pain, like physical pain was for a while. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I would say like to the two year mark, like mm-hmm. were you actually in your bones ache? Right. Um, where you struggle to breathe, to stand. And there's moments you're okay, and then there are moments you are not okay. Yeah. And and But I would say the first, you know, six to nine months is mostly probably not okay. Yeah. Um, and the Lord just really, and he's with you in it. Like mm-hmm. if you're walking through anything like that, yeah. um, it's okay to sit in it, and, and you should sit in it. Yes, yes. And be in it, and allow the Lord to meet you in it, mm-hmm. because every individual is different, and there's no formula mm-hmm. to walk through it. Um, it. I mean, I don't, I don't even know anything about like the stages of grief, but I remember somebody asked me about it once. I was like, I don't think it's linear. I think it's a big old ball of mess. Of, yeah. And He's with you in it, and and there has to be grace with everybody. If you're in a family that you have, you've ever had loss, like everybody needs grace and you even have to grow in grace and you want to be the one grieving alone. But yet, like I I had a husband and I had kids that were grieving as much as I was. And we had to give grace in Mm -hmm. that. Um, That was really hard for a while. Um, But I would say the pain, though, there's definitely times where I'm really sad and down. uh, It's it's, um, it's further apart. Yeah. And, and I love to think like, honestly, she's a part of my daily life. Mm-hmm. I have pictures of her still around the house. We talk about her. We tell funny stories about like, she is a regular part still of yeah. our life. She just doesn't live here anymore. Sure. Yeah. I love that. That's really beautiful. What are some ways that people came alongside you, supported you, did things, you know, when, when, when tragedy happens, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like our, like, let me, let me know what I can do. Tell me if I can do anything. And there's yeah. just, I mean, not that, cause we can't fix anything, but what were yeah. some things that were meaningful to you? And I, I mean, I think in the same way that you said people grieve differently, differently, I think people will be met in different ways differently. So this obviously, again, mm-hmm. isn't a formula, but as yeah. far as like, Hey, what, what was helpful? What are things that other believers um, or other yeah. people have done and said for you during those times? Yeah. Um, I, I think though, first and foremost, and some people might share this, but they're like, Hey, let me know if you need anything. Um, they're not going to respond <laughs> and, and they don't know what they need, right. but I would pray about it because every person, as you said, there's no formula. Mm-hmm. It's unique and different, but if there's ever a prompting for you to show up at their house and give them a hug for five seconds, mm-hmm. go do that. If yeah. it's to send them a text, mm-hmm. do that. If it's to show up at their door and drop food off at the back, even mm-hmm. if they at their back door or front door, even if you don't see them, I would say the the number one thing is to show up in some capacity yeah. because of different friends that I know that have walked through loss. We've talked about this before of, of different people. Um, 
even if someone says the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. the acknowledging is Mm. still powerful. Wow. You know, because there's an awkwardness of a lot of people I have learned. I have some friends that are really good at pressing into the uncomfortable. Yeah. I have a tendency to want to run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't run towards the hard. I like to run away from the hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, and pressing into pressing into showing up even when it's uncomfortable and whatever that looks like. Um, because you, you do need, I mean, there were times where I think I was going dark really fast and literally it irritated me, but probably for six months, like I'd be like, okay, I'd all of a sudden be getting really low at my house. I'd be alone. My kids were at school. Cliff was at work and my doorbell would ring Mm -hmm. or someone would show up and I'd be like, you've got to be kidding (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, even food, we had food, we were fed for like six months. People provided food, I mean, which was awesome. But the Lord knew he was doing, like those people that showed up, it was always good. Though at Mm -hmm. the time I'm like, yeah, it's not on my face, tears down my, like, why is someone showing up at my door? I can't handle this. And it was always really the Lord every time orchestrated it to pull me out of the pit. I don't think it's good to go that deep and dark. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he was just in it. But if you're a believer coming alongside someone that is grieving, um, show up, Mm -hmm. give a ton of grace. Um, because you, they could bite your head off. They could be okay, but there needs to be such grace surrounding them in prayer. Um, but I, I think it can be dangerous when people can be really too isolated because I think they can go dark and deep fast. And as the body of Christ to come around, even if they don't want it, it's probably better for them. Sure. (laughs) But they're probably not going to tell you what they need, but ask the Lord and then really act on it. Like act on the prompting. If it's a text, if it's showing up at their door, if it's Mm -hmm. writing a note, because, um, there is such even though no one can take away pain, right? you can feel very loved yeah. when people acknowledge, show up and come around you, mm-hmm. especially in times of a lot of um, pain and when things are uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. When you said earlier about your friends that are good at pressing into the hard things and that you tend to run away, I'm, I'm curious if that translated then and at all during like the grieving process and the stages or, or ball of grief as you, you know, kind of articulated, were, were there moments when you were just tempted to like push on and not, not deal with the grief, but just wanted to, to run from it and, and be distracted at times? Um, I'm sure I know there were times I, it goes both ways, like this, and I don't even know, like psychology wise, or what I'm not a doctor, I'm not anything like that. There's times where you welcome the grief and the pain, because it's the reminder of the depth of the love. Yeah. And I know that sounds really crazy, probably. Um, because there's so much grief in what you've lost and will not, and what also what will never be. Yeah. But there were also times because once again, it's mixed. There's also times where I thought I can't hold this pain. Mm -hmm. It could, I think it could take my life, Mm -hmm. like not me taking my life, but I really thought I could die from a broken heart. Yeah. Um, And so there were times I needed a break from it 
And in those times, I would often ask for the Lord to calm my mind. And I'd pray Mm -hmm. for people. I would ask people to pray that I could sleep because it was, um, it was, and I don't know if that's healthy or not, but it was a break from the pain if I could sleep. And not that I slept a lot, but like when you're grieving in your mind, like you can hardly sleep at all. Like you could be, it could be, you have two hours of sleep in and getting just a normal night's sleep could really help you. Cause I know in my tiredness, I never function well. So if I'm grieving and I'm tired and I'm trying to navigate life and all this stuff that there's a peace, if the Lord can just give a little bit of rest, but, but that's, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but it's kind of both. There were times Uh that I wanted the, I wanted to be um, removed from it. And then there were times I wanted to taste it because Mm -hmm it 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 brought me to her yeah no that makes a lot of sense yeah that really does um i am so encouraged like just the depth of your faith and the way that you can speak about the lord and like knowing him so well and all of it and 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 just knowing him well before and and this you know we talked about this before we started um you and i did and it, it might feel unrelated um, and to the conversation at this moment, but I think it will tie back is why I want to ask it. I'm going to read a quote of something that you had sent me in your testimony. Um, okay. Because it, it's a, it, it ties in to just, again, like pursuing the heart of the Lord. And I think how we can, exp- I mean, because whether it's loss, whether it's disappointment, whether it's celebration for that matter, like when we are, when we have our priorities right, when we are walking in the way that we should, like we are, we are, we are with the Lord in all of those things and he is with us and glorified in all of it. And so, um, and it brings so much more value and purpose and understanding when, when we're in the right place. So that, and this is in regards to that. So you were talking, which you actually, you said earlier about how much you didn't want to move to Cape. You talked about that a couple of times that you didn't want to, but you surrendered and you felt like the Lord was leading you there and you did it. So this was in reference to moving to Cape and you said, I was growing this was when you were still in Cincinnati. I was growing in my walk with Jesus, but still didn't have him in the appropriate position. It was me first, the girl second, parents, friends, and then Cliff. And that I wasn't self-aware enough to know this, but my actions showed my order. And so I think it's fascinating that we can often look back at our lives and be like, oh, yep, this is what was actually going on. And we don't, we don't know that. Like we're often so blind to our sin or we just, you know, this self-awareness that we don't even know, we don't know it's sin. We just think we're insecure or dealing with this like other emotional thing or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's really like a lack of awareness of where our priorities lie. And so, but you said that your, that your actions showed that order. And so what ways could you point to that and say that, that those were demonstrated, that the priorities functioned in the way that they did? Yeah, I think, uh, Yes, my priorities were out of order for sure. And the Lord in his grace is I pursued him. He rearranged it all really um, with, without me being aware. But like yeah. my actions were, it's true. Like I don't even realize how selfish I am even now or or my motives or my heart, like that you were saying of blind to things, you know, but it re- was really I, the lens a lot of times was me first, like the lens, first of all, wasn't the Lord first, which it's, it needs to be the Lord mm-hmm, first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think as he matured me, um, even down to when, when we were leaving, like, I, I think I'd said this too, I kind of viewed Cliff as like the enemy pulling mm-hmm. me away from yeah. my family. 
and in my friends and all this stuff. And, and I remember he even said to me once, he said, I am for you. Like, Mm -hmm. I love you. Like I am not the enemy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, I was like, well, it feels like you are, (laughs) you know, like, and I think the Lord in his grace and still, I have so many blind spots and I laugh about when I looked back at that, when, when I had said of what you had quoted of being unaware, like my actions throughout everything was, uh, was a a me first and Cliff was always on the back burner. Like Mm -hmm. I held my parents up real high. Um, I prioritized them, even friends like before Cliff and like my love, um, early on, the Lord's grown us so much in 20 years, but like with Cliff and I and our priorities being out of line and as the Lord has shown me and grown me in, that I had a very immature love, mm-hmm. um, even for Cliff and even for the Lord and yeah. the Lord, as he has opened my eyes, my heart and continues to reveal things to me, um, and grow me. Um, he's matured my love for Cliff and his and Cliff's love for me. Um, but it, the Lord is, I think sometimes, you know, formulas or whatever we're talking about, sometimes the beauty of also walking with the Lord is, even in our unawareness, when the Holy Spirit in him and he's working in us, he gets everything in the right order. He yeah. gets us to where we're supposed to right. be. He works in our hearts. And the thing is, it's the, the really the secret is abiding in the Lord. Yeah. Like it is, and he grows you in this. It's learning how to, it's spending time with him. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not just your prayer requests of your wants. Like it's, it's, it's being in the word mm-hmm. and, and letting his words speak to you. It's, um, it's worship. Yeah. It's, it's asking him to create a desire in you and to, to help you. Um, you know, like I always say, Lord, give me, give me a desire for more. Yeah. Um, give me a grateful heart. Help me to see you help mm-hmm. me to not have a heart of like bitterness and sorrow, but let me to have a, a heart of joy yeah. and, and that I abide in you. And when you abide in him, he really puts everything in order yeah. and he continues to draw you close to him. I mean, we're imperfect. That's why we need a savior, mm-hmm. but like he does, he does want us to look like him and to reflect yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And so I think when your eyes are on him and not on yourself, um, he just naturally fixes everything. And even like all the things I'd said this before too, when you're, when your eyes are fixed on him, everything in the peripheral loses its focus. Mm. Like when, when he's your focus, Mm -hmm. he naturally does things in you. You don't even need to like, really like he will change you from the inside out. Like he does it like in so like of people that are worried or wherever you're at, like abide in him Mm -hmm. and let him grow you, change you, say yes to where he leads. Let him change you because the Holy Spirit does that. Like Mm -hmm. when it abides in you and he speaks to you and his presence is so sweet, as you know, like being in the Lord's presence is just sweet and abiding in him. Um, So if you're, if you know your priorities are out of whack and even if you're not even aware mm-hmm. if you abide in him and you trust him with mm-hmm. your life, he will put everything yeah. in the appropriate order. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great place to end. I think like what, what a great <laughs> sweet message that you're right. Like whether you're grieving, whether you're celebrating wherever you are, like it's focusing on the Lord, he will realign our priorities and all of that and, and put himself in the right, in the right place. So I love that. Absolutely. Um, Emily told me that, 
you are one of the most joy-filled people she knows. And I, and I, I love that because, you know, you, you have been through really hard things and you shared really hard things, but let me tell you those that only are listening with ears right now, like she's been smiling most of the entire time as she's been talking about this. And so, because the Lord walked her, I believe, you know, that the Lord really walked you through it in powerful ways. And that, um, that's huge. And so I'm really grateful for you sharing the things that you did. Um, Thank you. I I know that you've listened to maybe one or two of the podcasts, so I hope you're prepared uh-huh. for this question. But I, before we end, I do want to ask you because the Lord, like I said, you know, we I've, I've pointed before in Luke that's you know Luke's version of the Beatitudes, um, and he said, you know, he talks about that you know, blessed are those who weep and blessed are those that laugh. Like there's both of those things. And so like we have, I have, we collectively have had several tears (laughs) throughout the last hour, but, and the Lord has been so glorified in that. Like he was, he's glorified in those stories and the things that you shared and pointed to him. But I also believe that he's glorified in our laughter. So my question to you as we end is what has made you laugh really hard recently? Well, In honor, if you don't mind, I was thinking in honor of Phoebe. Sure, yes, can yes. Can I share a story that was hilarious yes, about her? Yes, even though this please was a do. While ago. So the girls were all young. I think we were we were taking um, we were taking my daughter Liz to gymnastics camp mm-hmm. in Tennessee, and I think Phoebe was going to be going into kindergarten. So Chloe would have been going into second grade and Liz going into the third grade and we were heading there and Liz was the only one that was staying. It was a few hours away. And, and if you know my Liz, um, she's very black and white. She's like, she's kind of serious. And she said, mom, she said, I'm very concerned. I'm going to be away from you for a week. What if I hear some cuss words? (laughs) Um, And I said, well, what do you mean? And she goes, well, I don't know what any of them are. (laughs) I'm very concerned that if I go and I hear one and I don't know, I'm going to repeat it. And I said, well, (laughs) why don't you not repeat any words that you're not familiar with? And so as we're having this conversation, Chloe says, well, mom, remember when I went to kindergarten and that first week there, I learned every word in the book from my friend. I said, yes, I, I do remember that. And Liz said, my younger sister knows all the cuss words or whatever. And I don't know. Any. And, and, um, and she started crying and then Chloe oh. goes, well, I know one. She said, I'll share one with you. And I said, oh no, you won't. And she said, I will. She said, it is shirt minus R. (laughs) And which daughter said this? Chloe said that? This is Chloe. Okay. So Phoebe proceeds immediately. This is before she's even going to kindergarten. She says that word about five or six times. She goes, is it? Is it? Is it? Like over and over again. And I said, Phoebe, and we were laughing so hard. And I said, Phoebe, Phoebe goes, that's the word. That's the word. Shirt minus R. And then like the oldest one was crying because the younger ones knew more than she knew. Anyway, but it was super hilarious. Like in the moment, if you like. It yes. was so cute, innocent, yes. yet funny, yet like all of it. But thankfully, we laugh all the time. We have two in our household that are extremely witty, which yes. I am not. <laughs> so, yes, I tell you, there is 
for the soul, laughter is so good for the soul. Oh, yes, it is. It is. It is. So, I but thank that. you for having me today. Oh, absolutely. I loved it. I loved it. And I, I mean, yeah, my just yesterday, you were, you're telling that story now. And just yesterday, I was in the other room trying to get a bag ready. And my two boys were at the table. One of them was eating and one of them was writing something. And I'm not paying attention to them. But naturally, my ears perk up because I start hearing um, a cuss word spelling. <laughs> and it started with an F. And I like froze. And I went running. And then I said, what? What? What is happening? What did you say? What did you spell again? And he spelled it wrong, but enough that I was like, well, you forgot a letter, but that is a wrong. You're right. That's a bad word. What is happening? And they were like, yes, he was like, I didn't exactly. want to say it, but I was trying to tell Bubby that I knew it. And I was like, listen, it is a really bad word. You, this, And our, our rule is always, you know, you don't get in trouble the first time if you didn't know. Now you know, yes. especially in regards to cuss words, not things that they should just know. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to yes. tell you no once on all the things that you should be able <laughs> yeah. to piece together. But um, anyway, yes. I And then and there is like the fighting of the laughter of I shouldn't be laughing at this but anyway oh and it's so funny man and then you just wait till like when they're school age and they know how to spell you can't you can't spell <laughs> right. things anymore because then they're like wait what are you saying you're like oh, don't sound it out don't sound it out <laughs> oh my goodness so yeah well thank you so much for giving me some time today I appreciate it and I yeah I'm really thankful for your story and your willingness to share it thank you yeah Hey, listen, thank you guys for joining me today. I know that today's content was a lot heavier, but I hope that you understood and could feel the hope that Chris had and the joy that she had in sharing all of those things. I thought a lot about Job since she and I had that conversation and that Job lost everything and and the joy that he still had and the praise that he still had for the Lord as the Lord restored and redeemed the days of his loss. And so um, I hope that you hear the same kind of experience that Chris had and the ways that she walked really deeply with the Lord and that he met her in her time of need and sorrow. As we close out today, um, I hope you enjoy this little piece of the clip that we're going to play for you from Phoebe that Chris had found on her phone. And it gives me such hope to think about the truth that was in Phoebe as she made up these words and sang these songs about her Savior and that I can just picture this sweet little girl in the presence of her Savior today.